Thank you very much. Appropriate song for today, amen? Praise the Lord. Lord, I need you. And remember, Jesus said, our Heavenly Father knows the things we need of even before we even ask. Thank you very much for ministering to us in song. Listen, I decided to get back to a series of messages that we were preaching way back before our spring revival meeting. That's over a month ago. Um, because that was when we knew we had to go Facebook Live. So it's like, okay, the revival meeting is finished, now what? And so it's like, I just felt it was appropriate to take a Sunday and preach a couple of messages that would be really a help to people as we looked at the crisis situation that we were facing. And then as we did that, then it was Palm Sunday. Felt like it'd be right to preach messages appropriate for Palm Sunday. It's a very special day. Followed by last Sunday, Easter Sunday. And so Easter Sunday messages last week. And I'm wondering, does anybody even remember? The last time I preached uh, in our series that we're getting back to today was Sunday, March the 15th. I mean, it seems, seems like a year ago to me. It's just like a month ago. It seems like a year ago. By the way, if we can't get back to church all together for another month, that's going to seem like another year to me, all right? Does anybody remember what the series was? I don't even dare ask you to raise your hand, okay? It was the, the Christian's walk in the book of Ephesians, Remember? And at night it was Psalm 34, which we'll, we'll look at Psalm 34 again tonight. So I want you to get your Bibles, please, and go with me to the book of Ephesians today. And I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2 to start with. Somebody says, I know Pastor Carsey's now listening. If we've been away from this series now for like a month, I know what the morning message is going to be. It's all going to be review. And I've heard it all before. I bet you if I had a quiz or a test, you'd fail it. You would, you would have forgotten most of what was preached. So I'm going to review for a good while this morning before we get into the new territory, the new verse. But I also do this especially because we have a lot of people viewing now, watching and listening to the services that didn't know anything about us a month ago. They've, never, they've not heard any of these messages. In fact, I looked last night to see how many viewers we had from last Sunday morning. As of last count, it was 491. Our auditorium doesn't seat that many people. That's just viewers. Who knows how many of those would be families? Of course, some of those people might have watched it. Some of you might have watched it for five minutes, so that's enough for me. Others, might, you might wish it was a little longer. I don't know. But we had 491 people who viewed the service last Sunday morning. That's a lot of people that have not heard any of the verses, any of the messages on Ephesians walking the Christian walk. So I really believe it's best and right for us to go back and just kind of highlight those messages. So we want to start in Ephesians chapter 2 because that's where we began. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 was a springboard for that series of messages. 8, 9, and 10 of Ephesians 2. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Listen now. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Notice verses 8 and 9. Remember, we are not saved by our works. We're not saved by baptism, church membership, giving, doing, being kind to old people. 
I guess that's me now, uh, and, and, and giving to charity and, and coaching Little League baseball and, and treating your brothers right and so forth. No, we're not saved by works. We're saved by God's grace through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should what? Brag or boast. We'll not be going around heaven bragging about what we did to get there. All boasting in heaven will be around the person about of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And so then, but we're to look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. We are God's poem is the word there. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we're not saved by good works, but we are saved unto good works. And then look what he says. These good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You say, what does that mean? What does that mean? God has a pre-planned daily walk for every Christian. God has a pre-planned daily lifestyle for a Christian. Works, we are not saved by works, but we're saved unto good works. These good works which God has pre-planned that we should carry out as we live our daily lives. So that was basically the introduction to this series on walk. Well, we know what it means to walk, right? What does the word walk mean? It's found in the epistles here. It comes the, the, the word comes from two Greek words. The first word is to tread, and then the second word is, is around. So it's to tread around. So it's not like a person walking down a sidewalk here. The word walk, as we're going to look at the scriptures this morning, remember, has to do with our conduct. It's all about our manner of life. It's all about our daily behavior. In our terminology today, it's, the, it's our lifestyle. How do we conduct our lives? How do we live from day to day? That's the meaning of the word walk here. And that takes us to our series now on the Christian walk in the book of Ephesians. We began then by going back to chapter 2 and look at verses 1 and 2. Just a couple of words about Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And you Christians now, and you hath he quickened, made alive, you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now look at verse 2. Wherein in times past, before you were saved, you, what's the next word? You walked according to the course of this world, according to the spirit, excuse me, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the churn of disobedience. I mean, that pretty much summarizes the lifestyle of every unsaved person. They don't know this. If you're here or listening and and, and you're still not saved, you're not a Christian, I don't expect you to know this, but it is true from the Bible. Your basic lifestyle is characterized by following these three things. Number one, the lust of the world, the enticements of the world. Secondly, our own sinful flesh. And really, that's all you have is sinful flesh, fleshly desires. And then there's, of course, Satan. Before a person's in the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus said, you're your father, the devil. You're still in Satan's family. And so Paul reminds the people here in Ephesus, listen, before you were saved, how did you conduct your lifestyle? How did you behave? You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience or the course of this world, the, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. I mean, you were basically a worldly, fleshly-oriented, Satan-inspired person. That's the way it is before we were saved. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
So the moment I accept Christ as my Savior, God says, I am born again by the Spirit of God. I'm a new person. I have a new nature. And so Paul says to these people here at Ephesus, and God says to us today, look, we used to live according to the world, the flesh, and the devil, but that's all past tense. We'll see that in the text for this morning too. That's all past tense. That's all years gone by or days gone by or months gone by or decades gone by. It's all in the past. Now he says, walk according to the word of God, the power of the spirit of God. So we went from Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 2, to Ephesians chapter 4. The next message was from Ephesians chapter 4. The first three verses of Ephesians 4, we find that word walk again. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg you, that you would, here's the word, that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. What does that mean? God has called us as Christians with a heavenly calling. It's a holy calling. It's a heavenly calling. It's from our Father in heaven who is the only true living holy God and he calls us in salvation. He calls us to himself and now God says, listen, walk, conduct your lifestyle in such a way that it matches that heavenly calling. The holy, special, heavenly calling of God to save us and to get us on our way to heaven is a very special call. Now, God says live like that. And in the context here, notice what he says. It's about endeavoring to keep the, here's the key word, the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Look at verse 2. In verse 3, rather. Endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? How do you treat others in the family of God? Walk worthy of the vocation with your called keeping the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. And what does it take to do that? Well, that's verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another, putting up with one another, notice please, in love. So that's another something in Ephesians about the behavior, the conduct, the lifestyle, the manner of life of a Christian. We should be continually working at keeping the spirit of unity amongst God's people. And that takes humility, meekness, lowliness, forbearing, forgiving others. But it's the will of God for us. It's a part of being a Christian now, walking in Ephesians. Our next passage was in the same chapter, chapter 4. Look at verses 17 through 21. 17 through 21. And we're told here at the beginning of verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth, here it is, Walk not as other Gentiles walk. Let's just stop there. Do not live the lifestyle of the typical unsaved person. We're Gentile here representing, of course, those who are still lost in their sins, those who are unsaved. Listen, do not walk as the unsaved walk. Do not live like non-believers live. That's the message here. You say, well, so what's characteristic of unsaved people in this passage? How do unsaved people live? Why do they do what they do? Look what God says. I'll read the verses and then I'll just kind of paraphrase them and we'll go on to our next passage. Look at this, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Well, how do they walk? In the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, 
being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Well, what is that all about? Could I just kind of summarize what we just read? Number one, unsaved people have a mind that is blind to understanding spiritual truth. They have a mind that is blind to understanding spiritual truth. Number two, they are separated from the life of God, the very life that God is. And that's the eternal life that God imparts to Christians. Unsaved people, they're separated from the life that God is, from that eternal life that God imparts to Christians. Number three, unsaved people are totally ignorant of the ways and the things of God. They're absolutely ignorant of the ways of God. They're ignorant of the things of God. Number four, their hearts are darkened. Their hearts are calloused. Number five, they are insensitive. They're apathetic to spiritual realities. And number six, the last thing he says, they have given themselves over unto and are eager to commit every kind of sin. They don't even acknowledge the warnings the warning signals that God gives to their conscience. Now, when you, and we did this when we preached on this, when you look at each of these phrases, just phrase after phrase after phrase, and look at the meaning of the words, you have no doubt, you have, there's no way, you can't say anything else, but you know, that's, that's the unsaved people. That, that was me before I was saved. That was me before I met the Lord. That's the way I was before I was a Christian. As I look at family members who are not saved, as I look at friends who are not saved, as I look at neighbors who are not saved, as I work at fellow students who are not saved, as I, as I look at those with whom I work, work associates, if they're not saved, listen, as I'm around people that they do not know the Lord, they've never been born again by the Spirit of God, this passage of Scripture really describes them. It's why they are what they are. It's, it's why they live like they live. That's their lifestyle. It's their conduct. It's their behavior. And it's all because they don't know God. And God says, do not walk like they walk. Do not imitate them. Why? Why? Well, look at verse 20. Look at that first word of verse 20. Christians, word of contrast. But... But ye have not so learned Christ. See, we don't live like the unsaved. No, why not? Because we have not so learned Christ. If so be, verse 21, if so be that you have heard of him, and look at this, and have been taught by him as the, what's the next, next word? As the truth is in Jesus. So why don't we live like the unsaved people? Why don't we live like all these things we just described here? But the answer is because we, we have... We've, been, we've come to Christ. We've learned Christ. And now we have the truth of God as it is in the word of God and as it is in the person of Jesus Christ. So why would we walk in a world that is characterized by a lack of truth, separation from God, when now we know God, we are saved, we believe God's truth. The next passage of scripture we went to was the last passage that I preached on. That's in chapter 5. Chapter 5. The first two verses, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in, next word, love. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us 
and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Could we read that again? That is loaded. And I preached, what, three messages on those two verses. Be ye therefore followers, imitators of God. Don't imitate the world. Be a follower and imitator of God. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, God's dearly beloved children, Christians, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Walk in love. Listen, in our daily lives as Christians, we are to not just demonstrate, we are to live out all of those characteristics of God's love as found, what's the love chapter, folks? Right, first, Corinthians 13. Now, now, please, some other time, don't do it now, but get out your Bible and study those first 10 or 11 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love, God's love is this, and God's love is this, and this is, listen, it's all there, it's the portrait, it's the picture of true love. And you know what God says now through Paul in Ephesians, he said, that's how you're supposed to walk, that's how you live your life, living out 1 Corinthians chapter 13, those godly portraits there of love. We walk in love. How do we do this? As imitators of God, verse 1. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then how do we, how do we, what do we have for an example? The Lord Jesus Christ is our perfect example. We are to walk in love just like or as. Following the example, the illustration of Christ who loved us. What does it say in Ephesians 5? Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He loved us. He washed us in his own blood. The redeeming love of Jesus Christ. God, through Jesus Christ, forgiving us and loving us when we don't deserve his love. Taking away our sins when we don't deserve forgiveness. God says in Romans 5, 8, we were enemies of God. We were sinners. We're, t- we're told there were three things before we're saved. Number one, we're enemies of God, we're ungodly, and we're sinners. Yet God hath proven, God has shown his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's with that love, the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and the example of our great heavenly father that God says we are to walk in love. So here's the question this morning. How far do you have to go in Ephesians now to come up with the next walk? How far do you have to go? Answer, same chapter. Verse Eight. Look at verse 8. For ye were sometimes, what's the next word? Darkness. You were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Here it is. Walk as children of light. You say, Pastor Carsey, what in the world does that mean? Walk as children of light. I want you to go back to verse 3. And I want you to read with me the context in which verse 8 is found. I'm not going to preach this morning on the verses before verse 8. The Lord willing, I'll preach on that next Sunday morning. I'm also not going to preach on the verses after verse 8. The Lord willing, I'll also preach on those next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning, the Lord willing, before and after the context in which today's text is found. Today, we're just going to focus on verse 8. But notice the whole story here, and you will see what this is all about. What does it mean to walk in light? Walk as children of light. Verse 3. 
but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become the saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the spirit, for, excuse me, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I want you to go back to verse 8. And we're going to look today at the command, walk as children of light. We already know what it means to walk, so we don't have to go there again. All right, what about the verb? What does he say? For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Here you go. Here's the verb. Walk as children of light. The verb there is in present imperative in the Greek language. In other words, it's not a question. This is not a suggestion. This is what we call imperative. This is a mandate. This is a clear command from God. It's not supposed to be a choosing thing, an option thing. It's not supposed to be an extra thing. It's a literal command of God. You walk as children of light. And by the way, it's also present. What do you mean by that? It's continuous. Okay? It's present imperative. So it's a continuous action thing. This is not just a Sunday morning thing, like when you go to church, if you go. No, no, no. This is, this is all day, every day. This is a 24-7 thing. We are to be, we are commanded by God to continuously, constantly, all the time, without interruption, we're to be walking as children of light. Now, here's kind of a brief summary. Walk as children of light. To know God's truth, his word, and live it. To know God's word and to live it. To live it every second of the day. To live it at night. To live it during the week. To live it on the weekends. To live by the word of God. To know God's truth. We said, I think it was Wednesday night, a Christian should know his Bible better than he knows anything in the world. How well do you know your Bible? Because the Bible is that which determines our daily life, our lifestyle. And it's the Bible that we have to know and live out to be God's people who are basically obedient and, and walking as children of light. Walking as light to know God's truth, his word, and live it. Through God's word, we know what's sinful in God's sight and we abhor it. We hate it. We despise it. We run from it. You know, everybody's trying now to, you know, keep their distance so I don't get contaminated, you know. Because sin is really, because this virus is apparently more contagious than any virus we've ever had. So what I hear, that's what we hear every day. 
And so stay away from anything, everyone who, could, who you could catch it from. And I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. It's a great idea. We try to do that. What about sin? You know, how many people see how close they can get to sin but not go over the, not go over the cross over the border? You know, how much sin can they get without being too contaminated? I mean, how much can I really enjoy of all the stuff out there without having something really terrible happen to me? No, God says when we walk in the light, just part of the meaning of walking as children of light is to be a person who says, you know what? I hate sin. I abhor sin. I detest sin. Listen to me. I'm afraid of sin. So many people today, it's like, I have no fear of sin. It's not going to hurt me. It's not going to mess me up. No, what a sad attitude. How much better to say, you know what? Sin scares me. I am what I am by the grace of God, but I don't know what I could do if I yield to my flesh. I don't know how far I could go away from the Lord if I start following the, uh, following the enticements of the world. If I, if I let Satan uh, have his way as he speaks to me and tries to encourage me to do things, I don't know what that could mean in my life. I keep my eyes upon the Lord. I keep my focus upon his word. I pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's all involved in walking as children of light. Romans 13, 12, here's a good companion verse. Listen to this, Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Once again, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. You know, there's a word in here that doesn't seem too important, but as I studied this, it is really important. Really important. Look at this. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as, what's the next word? Children. Walk as children forgot children of light walk as children of light children children of light what is the word children the greek word is technon this is so good it's a child who is looked upon in his birth relationship to the one who bore him in other words when you think of a christian as a born again one he's a child of god he's been born by the spirit of god It's God who gave birth to him. So we look at a Christian and we think, okay, if he was born of God, then he has the nature of God. Does that make sense to you? We should see God in him. Now, who's your dad, your biological dad? Who's your biological mother? I'm the son of Harold and Nellie Carsees. Now, some of my family watching and listening this morning, you say, yeah, I am too. All right. That's why we're brothers and sisters, okay? We have the same dad, Harold Carsees. We have the same mom, Nellie Carsees. So when you see Larry Carsees, you see a little bit of Harold and Nellie Carsees. When you see Bob, when you see Judy, she's with the Lord now. Larry was number three. And then there's David and Ron and Jim and Debbie and Danny. When you see a Carsees child, you see a little bit of mom and dad because we are children of Harold and Nellie Carsees. We have their nature in us. 
And that is the key, I believe, to understanding this passage. And it's the key to being serious about walking as children of light because we are children of God. And what does the Bible say about God? What, 1 John 1, is it verse 5? God is light, and in him, can you finish it? Is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, no darkness whatsoever. And I'm a child of God, and I'm living like it's darkness? How wrong. John 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the, can you finish it? I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world? God is light, and in him is no darkness at all? Right. And God is our heavenly Father? Right. I'm a child of God. I have the nature of God? Right. Well, then I ought to be, listen, my life should be characterized by the word light, not darkness, God's people said. I mean, it's really simple. More important than anything physical is the spiritual. We have no reason to be walking in darkness because we're children of the light. And by the way, unsaved people only have Adam's nature. If you're watching today or listening now here, listen, if you are still unsaved, if you, have, if you are not a Christian, the only nature you have is still the sinful nature that you inherited. It's the nature of Adam. And that's why for you, it's all about darkness. There is no spiritual light. Why? Because you're not a child of light, a child of God who is himself light. You're not saved by faith in Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. And it just seems like lately, seems like everything I read in the Bible, I mean, day after day, seems like everything I read in the Bible keeps emphasizing the fact that there are two distinct groups of people in the world, Christians and non-Christians. That's the way it is. What, John three eighteen, speaking of Jesus Christ, he that believeth on him is what? Not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he did not believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3, 36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Reading through the book of Psalms, a psalm a day. I mean, it's like psalm after psalm after psalm. There's the wicked and there's the righteous. There's the godly and there's the ungodly. Along with psalms, I'm also reading the gospel of John. I want my focus to be not just Old Testament Psalms, which is wonderful in itself and very helpful, but I want my focus to be on the Jesus Christ of the New Testament. So along with Psalms, I read, I read something in the, in the Gospel of John. It's like over and over again, it's believers and unbelievers. And then I prepare for messages. I go to the, I go to the epistles, and what do I read? It's like, you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. It's like, listen, we're, it's just like there's two groups. And, and how sad it is today that for the most part, you don't know who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. It's really hard to tell today. And you know that's true. Seems like the, the dividing line of believers and non-believers is kind of getting real hazy. And like so many people say that they're Christians, and yet as you talk with them and as you observe their lifestyle, you don't see light, you see darkness. You don't see Christ. You don't see God. You don't see a love for Christ on a daily basis. You don't see a real interest in the word of God, the Bible. You don't see people seeking to, to know and do the will of God. 
For the most part, like I said before, like church, man, we just kind of put up with church, you know, but we'll do our little thing on Sunday morning, you know, if, if we feel like going. And all the while, you know, we're Christians. Very little, if any, praying. Very little, if any, reading the word of God every day. Very little, if ever, talking with an unsaved person about his eternal soul. And that's the way most professing Christians live their lives. When you come back to the Bible, I tell you, I have so many verses flooding through my mind right now. I, can't even, I don't want to even get started on them. How there is a definite difference in the word of God between the lifestyle of a true Christian and a non-Christian. And it's in our passage today. Two contrasting groups of people in the world. Now, would you look at the first part of the verse? Time's running out here. Would you look to that first part of the verse? For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Just, just look at that again. Watch this now. This is, this is, it seems so little, but it's so big. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. He doesn't say you were darkened. He says you were darkness. He doesn't say you were you are now enlightened. No, we're more than enlightened. He says, you are now light. He doesn't say, you were in darkness. He says, you were darkness. He doesn't say, we're in the light. No, we are light. What did Jesus say in Matthew five fourteen? Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a, a bush or what, but they put it on a on a stands so he can give light to the whole house. And he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Why? Ye are the light of the world. And then look at that little word now, verse 8, our text. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. What did Jesus say in John 8, 12? I, read, I quoted the verse earlier. I am the light of the world. Then what did he say? He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Why? Because we're now, we're now. No, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Oh, listen to these verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 and 5. But ye brethren, Christians, you brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Praise the Lord. Why? We've been born again by the Spirit of God. Ye brethren are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief, the coming of the Lord. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. And then notice, again back in our text, for ye were sometimes darkness before you were saved. I love Colossians 1:13. Speaking of God, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Listen to this. God has delivered us from the power of darkness. We were darkness, in darkness, darkened and darkness. But God delivered us and he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. What a wonderful, wonderful verse. In closing, please, for our last passage, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I don't know how anyone who knows their Bible could ever see our text. You were sometimes darkness. 
but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. When you think of the fact that light speaks of God, light speaks of light, light speaks of God's truth, the word of God, and darkness speaks of sin. Darkness speaks of absolute ignorance of God and his truth. Now, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 and following make really good sense. Especially the last phrase of verse 14. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. For Christians, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what, read it with me please, and what communion hath light with darkness? What's the expected answer? None, zero, none. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? None. What conquered hath Christ with Belial? None. What part hath he believeth with an infidel? None. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? None. For you, Christians, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, verse 17, wherefore, conclusion, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Oh, he's not finished. And I will receive you. I will be a father unto you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Listen, God is our heavenly father, but sometimes we can't enjoy him as our father, and he can't, so to speak, I don't want to say it this way, but I don't know how else to say it. He can't, he can't look after us as a father looks, wants to look after his children. I, I mentioned this before in preaching on this verse. A father in, in, in Oklahoma City can't have a good relationship with his son if his son's rebellious living out in California someplace. It doesn't happen. It's something, it, it, the fellowship is broken there. And look at verse 1 of chapter 7. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Would you close your Bibles, please? Just before we pray, would you think about this? There's not a way in the world that I would ever preach this message to get a true Christian to doubt his salvation. That's not the purpose in preaching this message. The purpose of the message is to proclaim God's truth. And God's truth is very, very simple. Because we Christians were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. God commands us to continually walk as children of light. And I think you'd agree, in light of the word of God here, that's a serious thing. And it's time for us to get serious about that. Walking as children of light. Because darkness speaks of ignorance. Ignorance of God. Darkness speaks of the, the lack of God's truth and how sad it is when somebody is truly a Christian and yet their lifestyle says, I don't know God. Their lifestyle says, I don't know anything about the Bible. How sad that is. We are to walk as children of light. Somebody has well said, walking as children of light is living before the eyes of God from whom you cannot hide anything. Ever think about that? Walking in God's light, walking as a child of light, is living before the eyes of God continually. God from whom we cannot hide anything. Let's pray. Our Father, today we thank you for Christ. 
We thank you for the salvation that we have in simply trusting him, relying upon him as our savior, putting our faith in him alone, not in ourselves or anyone or anything else. And Father, just doing that, repenting of our sin and receiving your son, you saved us. You called us out of darkness. You translated us into the kingdom of your dear son. How could we ever, ever fail to show forth our gratitude? How could we live selfishly, Father? How could we live so nonchalant about sin? How could we care so little about the unsaved and be so cold about church and the Bible and spiritual things as we've been saved? And now our children of light, seeking to walk in light. I pray, Father, today once again, for anyone who's listening, watching, even here perhaps in the service, never, ever truly been saved. May today be the day that they would turn from their sins and receive Christ. For Father, those who have truly been born again, they are really in your family. They are indwelt by your Holy Spirit. They have eternal life on the way to heaven. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes and give us a seriousness about our lifestyle, our conduct, that would be pleasing to you every single moment of our lives as we walk as children of light. Today, once again, if you've been listening to the word of God and you've made any kind of decision, I would encourage you to uh, give me a phone call, drop me a letter, an email, send me a text if you prefer. Just tell me about a decision you made. If you, if you accepted Christ, you're saved, let me know that. If as a believer this has been a message that's helped bring revival to your heart, let me know that. That would encourage me. It would encourage me to pray for you. And let me know if I can help in any way, in any way. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm pastor. We ask, Father, for your blessing upon us as we go from this place today. We pray that if we might uh, be able to come back tonight at 6 o'clock for good service, that you will once again be amongst us as you promised you will be. May be amongst us in power, that we might grow in Christ as we sing together, as we enjoy special music tonight, and as we're taught again from thy word in Psalm 34. May Christ be honored and glorified once again through this ministry today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here today. Those of you that are in the auditorium, those of you that are watching and listening, praise the Lord for you. And if we can be a help to you, as I said, please give us a call. We look forward to seeing you tonight, the Lord willing, at 6 o'clock.